was shaking. <laughs> I still don't know it. I he, I don't. It's not a Kiss song. I just keep, know you keep that. Keep singing it to me, but I don't. Well, I just played it for you. I know, but you. I don't know it. It's not ringing no bells. I don't even. I don't know who it is by. I just know CT covered it. Yeah, it beats uh, me. Anyways, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Brews in Tunes podcast. It's your boys, and uh, yeah, today we got a great conversation for y'all to listen to with our <laughs> what? This fool over here just dancing like a doofus, dude. Man. Dancing to your the beat of my heart. Yeah. Can you feel the beat within my heart? Can you see the light shine through the dark? I feel like I don't even know you anymore. So happens when you you were under the weather. I'm coming out of it. So you were. <laughs> I'm not sick. Yeah, you you were. I'm just congested, dude. There's a sheer clear difference. <laughs> uh I don't know about that. Dude. Anyways. Stop panicking. Anyways. Stop panicking. We got a great conversation for you guys today. Yeah, with our boy uh, Zoltan. Yep. The drummer of Muscadine Bloodline. We did have some technical difficulties, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, we called him on Zoom when he was out on tour. He was on day two of tour, and he was out in South Carolina. They were three hours ahead of us, and he was using the venue's Wi-Fi. So there are a couple parts where you'll hear it kind of cut in and out. It seemed like it did save the audio. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, nonetheless, it was a it was a great conversation. John and I were extremely stoked to have him on the pod, and uh, yeah, I think it was one of our funnest episodes. I just think because you know that was the first drummer guest on on the pod, yeah. so it was like we kind of geeked out, got to, got to hear a lot of his uh, um, gear that he's using, influences and stuff. So. It was cool. I mean, like John was saying too, like we had a whole laundry list of questions <laughs> and like he was answering them for us before we even asked them. So. Yeah, which is just kind of like, it was random. Oh, damn. We yeah. didn't even have to ask. You yeah. already answered it. <laughs> yeah. 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 We were like, oh, we were going to ask that, but you know, you already beat us to it. So, but yeah. he got to elaborate a little bit more when we did finally ask it. So it was just like, hey, yeah. you know, what was this more like? And then, yeah, so he went more in depth. So that was cool. Yeah. Besides the wi- yeah, besides the Wi-Fi thing, it was still a good, still a good yeah. time. We hope you guys enjoy it, and we're going to be doing a part two at some point in person with him, so we could do a follow up and yeah, and uh, hopefully, hopefully have no uh, Wi-Fi issues that time. <laughs> yeah. so. It is what it is, but it was a great conversation. We hope you guys enjoy. All right, man. Let's get it later. It lets us know. <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate how it tells us that every dang time. Yeah, I've never done anything like this before. Um, we'll do a over the over the computer. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, dude. <laughs> so, um, uh, 
uh, first, I guess we'll just say, you know, thank you for your time, dude. We have it. It's honestly appreciated. Um, I know you and I have talked about having you on here for quite some time now. So yeah. Um, not, cool. I feel like it's been a long time coming. I'm like, I'm excited to finally be doing it. I was just honestly too. I was like, man, I've never done anything like this before, like a podcast or anything. And, um, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Sorry that it took so long to, to get together. Oh, it's all good. We, we tried, we, we got together probably, uh, what last weekend. Yeah. And we tried to, we tried to come up with some pretty solid questions cause we didn't want to just, I feel like this is an opportunity for the three of us to kind of just, you know, talk about drums a lot, but we tried to actually have some, you know, decent questions. Yeah, for you know, you. Some of that, you know, uh, press questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Not that I'm impressed, but you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you never, you've never done a, a podcast or anything? I haven't, no. This is, uh, oh. there's, a, there's a couple, there's like several in Nashville that are like Nashville drummers based and I've just never been. I mean, there's so many uh, Nashville, like there's so many musicians and especially drummers. There's a ton of drummers in Nashville. Um, so just have it hasn't happened <laughs> awesome hey man well, we're, we're honored to have you uh, as your you know on your first podcast man and i think sure. you're the the only drummer guest we've had so far yeah out of the guests yeah you're the oh, only no yeah you're the only other drummer that we've had everything else Damn. was uh yeah cam from wolf and bear wolf and bear yeah guitar guitarist yeah and then uh my my from my old band he plays guitar and sings so yeah yeah so yeah 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 everybody the first drummer man <laughs> yeah well, i'm honored to to be here i know i mean i know we had talked about your kit that ludwig kit um you've had that for a while but i remember talking about that when you were looking to get it and you know um got a similar thing going on now with my touring kit and i'm assuming you're a drummer as well i don't think we've formally met <laughs> yeah yeah this is my co-host john John, hey, Zoltan, nice to nice, <laughs> nice to meet you, man. All right, so uh, I guess we'll just jump in. So for those who don't know, uh, can you tell us your name, what you play, and what band you're in? Uh -oh. Yeah, um, my name is Zoltan Tobak. Um, I play drums for a country duo uh, based out of Nashville called Muscadine Bloodline. Um, within that, I've been in Nashville for about 10 years and I've played with, um, as you, as you do it, you know, as a side guy, you play with a bunch of different people and I've played a ton of different types of gigs and, and everything, but I've been playing with these guys since 2016. Um, and we were actually touring around, it was very new at the time, even to them, they'd only been touring for maybe. Um, and I came on doing like a kind of uh, scratch kit per percussion kind of thing um, just touring like a three piece um, and then it's gone from that to now where it's like we're on a bus we got some you know some some techs and stuff we got some crew and um, we're playing like good I mean the headline stuff has been awesome and we're playing some cool festivals um, and just it's kind of crazy to go from like being literally the bar band Dude, that's so hard. and then you moved up to like a big stage you know and uh it's been super cool to see it and you know sometimes i definitely 
forget. I'm like, oh man, like this is pretty awesome. <laughs> but like you just you see that slow progression, and you know, there's been a lot of you know so much stuff from that first starting playing with them to here. But um, so I've been in Nashville for about a year and a half when I started touring with them, and even in that time, I was still you know subbing out with different people and playing with some different artists and still occasionally we'll, we'll do that. But, uh, this between touring and recording, um, this is kind of the, the majority of what I do nowadays. Right on dude. Right on. So you're out on, you're out on tour right now, correct? Yeah, I am in, uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina, and, uh, we're playing at their auditorium here. And these, this is like a meeting room or something. They had a ton of rooms, all over the place. So I was like, man, I'm going to go try to find a spot where I can do this and not have people walking through and not hear the stage, uh, too, too bad. And, uh, but yeah, on the road first, first weekend out for this year, actually. Oh, okay. Sweet. So the tour just started last night, right? Yep. Last night we played in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, kind of, kind of more of a festival set up. And then tonight's going to be our first headline show. And I sent you our like new, stage set up our new stage um stage design and it's our first time getting all that stuff i mean we've set it all up today and um came back and we're like man this looks pre pretty cool <laughs> yeah, um, dude, he, he showed me a picture of your rig too just like literally before you hopped on so, that's <laughs> nice that's, that's their stage set up for the tour that's so sick yeah dude he yeah. showed me your rig i was like oh dude that's so nice dude it's grown it's grown so much. I think it'd be funny to like do like an AB. I need to find like some old pictures. I literally played like kick snare hi hat. I had a little table for like shakers and tambourine. I played brushes and stuff um, for like the acoustic stuff. And we did that for about nine months, I want to say, before we started bringing in, brought on a bass player. And then the next year, brought on a guitar player and then a tour manager. And then, you know, it's like kind of, it's like every year or two, it was like we add, we're able to add a person to what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I went from like a kick snare hi-hat to now I'm like <laughs> talk back switches and metronome stuff, like the the stuff that does not go out to the crowd. Um, that kind of keeps our show going. Um, and that's like a lot of drums now. I feel like I got, I got a ton of drums up there. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I agree with that. It's so sick to see you post the pictures and I'm like, I'm always asking you like, hey, what's that one? I haven't seen that one before. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one looks different, you know? So yeah, it's super, it's super cool to see. So, uh, we're loving it, man. Um, what, uh, what's your favorite part about touring? Man, it's fun to play. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fun to play music and it's especially fun to play music. That I like playing, um, to people that are there to hear it. Um, cause I've done, you know, ton of bar gigs and, and that's fun too, in, in a different way, but, um, and especially now these last two records that came out and then we were just recorded another record that's coming out um, at the end of this year, I believe, uh, and got to play on it. So I'm really getting to play stuff that like I, it's my drum parts. I'm just, I'm not, you know, listening to some session dude and trying to put my own thing on it, but also doing what he did, but make it feel like something I would play. Uh, it's cool to be just playing, playing my own stuff. So that being said, I do like traveling. Uh, 
it's I try to go out every day and take a walk. Like I don't know if either of you have ever heard of Spartanburg, South Carolina. No, no, I hadn't. Dude, cool town, man. I, I took a walk to to find these lovely uh, Sierra Nevada beers. Um, which go, side note, that was a, a pleasant surprise when I moved to Nashville that like Sierra Nevada is pretty prominent. I didn't know they had a brewery in North Carolina as well. I thought it was just the Chico one. Yeah. Um, did, did you know so, that? No, I didn't. I just knew they were I, I had Chico. no idea. Um, yeah. So, um, that was a, a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, <laughs> but I was walking around downtown Spartanburg. I was like, man, this is, this is cool. And you kind of end up in a lot of spots where you wouldn't really end up otherwise, and then you also get to go to, you know, Chicago or New York City, like places that are just like, you're going to have a good time. You know, um, you only have maybe half a day. Sometimes we get lucky and have like, in Montana and um, might have been Billings. Uh, I can't remember exactly where, but uh, it was it was super cool. And we, we had like two days in Boise, Idaho super cool city. Um, so you kind of get that mix. And then of course there's the days where you're playing like some dance hall honky tonk that's in the middle of nowhere. And like, you can't do anything. All you do is like sleep on the bus or do whatever. But, um, more and more nowadays we're playing somewhere where it's like, dude, I set up my drums, I go for a walk, um, come back to a sound check and I'll go walk, walk around, find some cool food and, you know, I like to pick up some like local coffee beans too. So I enjoy getting to like check out where we're at is definitely something that I, I make a point to do. That's super nice. nice. Do you, do you have a, uh, do you have a tech at all or is it everything, everything's you? It's just me. Uh, we okay. do have, we have one, one tech, uh, he's a guitar tech slash stage manager um oh, okay and if so if there's issues on stage like he's come up and it's like hey like my cymbal stand is falling or um my in-ears get unplugged or something so we have another guy like that's off stage that um does all the guitar changes and stuff but um we have a sound guy we have a lighting guy we have one stage tech so i set up my drums and that's it kind of like back in the day it'd be like more help and put mics on and you know we'd have to do a sound check from scratch but now we have all that stuff kind of self-contained and uh i think we tour pretty much full production besides pa we bring everything i mean uh console in-ears lights everything uh we we roll with that now uh Damn. so i got set up my drums and then tear them down at the end of the night but you know i'm sure at some point <laughs> we'll move to like seems like the nashville thing is uh bolting at the drums to a riser and they just like roll it into uh in, into the trailer and that seems to be like a really popular way to do it so yeah fingers crossed <laughs> i don't mind doing it though sad. i got it um i said i got it down i got everything memlocked um got everything taped out like it's pretty it probably takes me uh probably 10 to 15 minutes to set up the bulk of my drums um and then from there it's like plugging stuff in it's like there's a couple things here and there and then today like we do get lucky with great great stage hands that work at the venue um so i had a couple guys helping me out today there's one time actually we're playing at this venue in atlanta next week but uh last time we played there they unloaded our trailer and i was doing something else and i came to the stage and they had already set up half of my drum set they were like yeah, oh, yeah. Well, like we saw that we saw the tape on the carpet so we just assumed and we kind of like started putting stuff up and I was like, you guys crushed it, man. I was like, 
I wish we had you guys every day, every day. Um, right. But yeah, so that's kind of every everybody in the band, you know, like technically it's like the duo and then we have the three band guys and we all set up our own stations and then um, our crew guys go and do all the mics and set up lights and, and do all that stuff. So it's about a two hour process to unload. Uh, once the trailer's unloaded, I set up my drums and then they have another, you know, hour and a half to get everything else going. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. Uh, how long is the tour? Are you guys doing like multiple legs on this one too? Yeah, so that is the Nashville touring schedule. Uh, is really just like weekend warrior stuff, uh, and we're really emphasizing playing mostly Friday, Saturday, a couple Saturday, Sunday. But we we d- used to do a ton of like three day runs, four day runs, uh, pairing it down to just playing two shows a week for the most part this year. So we're out the next five weekends, um, all, I think, Friday, Saturday, except for one's a Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and then we got a couple couple runs in April, I think one run in May, and then summer is when we really, really hit it. But uh, typically our spring is super light, actually. A couple, the, the two guys I, I play for, one of them's really into turkey hunting. So that's, that's, that's super, like, country music stuff i feel like but he's like dude like they they love turkey hunting they're like we're turkey season like last year we straight up we took turkey season off like we had two months off the road um which is you know not bad honestly (laughs) yeah Yeah, get to hang hang out with the wife and everything right yeah yeah absolutely can't be that that's not not bad at all who who are you guys on the road with so we are headlining right now. We have a guy named Drayton Farley um, opening for us. I, I want to say he's playing tonight um, and then I think next weekend. And I, he's playing with us, playing the Ryman in Nashville Ooh. in March. So, yeah, that'll be – it sold out, I think, two weeks ago or a week ago maybe. Man, so, that's so cool. It's, it's, on my, it's pretty much on my birthday. It's the day before my birthday. So I'm like, man, that's a great uh, – that's a, that's just going to be a good weekend for sure. So excited for that. Um, and then we have uh, been doing covers of like kind of warp tour emo songs uh, the last couple of years. And we just had one come out uh, yesterday or today, yeah. technically, I guess. Uh, today is what, Saturday? I guess it came out yesterday. Yeah. Um, uh, have Faith in Me with Drayton Farley. Um, so like last night he came up and sang with us and he's doing the same thing tonight and at the rhyme and he'll be yeah coming on stage and doing that so we have him another guy ben chapman who he's got a great drummer too man his name's um dylan murphy uh ludwig kit also and just like definitely one of those dudes you start talking to and you're like all right we're like drum homies like pretty pretty quickly (laughs) um so they're coming out ben's never come out full band to play with us though so i'm really excited for that and we also did, did a song with ben as well um so man we got him and we're once we get into like the the summer we're doing a lot of festivals and some opening slots but we're doing stuff like i think we have a, we have a festival in chicago that like carrie underwood's headlining which is like a totally different yeah it's a totally different <laughs> totally Whoa. different world wow. um, so that, that'll be cool we're playing um if you're familiar with the Turnpike Troubadours, you know, they've really had a big resurgence the last couple of years after they took, I think, four, maybe four years off. But we played with them a ton the last couple of years, and we still have some shows with them this year. Uh, we have the same booking agent, so we get 
on a lot of stuff with them and it's it's awesome so but mostly mostly headlining that's like kind of our uh the thing we do which is honestly kind of nice it just makes the day so much less stressful you know oh yeah i can imagine do you guys make your way out to the west coast a lot or we we had done uh back in the day we did like a stagecoach uh like side stage thing uh played san diego we played in santa rosa um and then we're playing uh santa rosa again this year actually yeah um, I, I saw that on the tour poster i was like yo dude they're gonna be in santa rosa yeah you guys gotta come man. <laughs> maybe we can do yeah. like a part two like in person or something dude, that's what I said. Uh, but that was, uh, that was one of the questions we actually had for you so that's awesome oh, really <laughs> yeah, dude. that's so sick yeah we, we're, we're waiting because apparently they're supposed to have like a second round of tickets for that oh really okay yeah, for that well, festival uh, yeah yeah um i mean yeah we'll we'll talk more about that but like would be would be great to, to have y'all come out um but yeah we are playing not not announced yet but i think we have some other shows on that run as well um in, in california and west coast but we did two weeks on the west coast we started in san diego and did san diego la um somewhere outside of uh kind of outside of Auburn, California, that, that we played at a winery. And then we did Boise and Seattle. Seattle was cool. Like, always, that's another, like, great tour day. It's like, oh, man, we got, like, pretty much all day in Seattle to do whatever you want. Like, that's a great – that's a great day to – or a great city to, to be yeah, in on tour, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we will be on back on the West Coast this year, though. I don't know if we're going to go for the full two weeks, but I know we're back up in Idaho again uh, after we're playing in Santa Rosa. So that's where I don't know if we're going to fly home and then go back to Idaho, if we're just going to stay out there and play some other shows or, you know. And I grew up um, in Mendocino, Fort Bragg area. So Santa Rosa is very much like the closest to like a hometown show that I'm going to get. Like I got, you know, high school friends and stuff who are like, that we're coming to the show. I'm like, awesome <laughs> awesome dude that's so sick uh you, let's see um well he answered dude you answered a lot of our questions with that like oh, <laughs> really just it's more like a segue i mean yeah uh, yeah absolutely let's get into more of the i guess the drum stuff really well you want to ask like, you want to ask him this right here or go go here or uh, and before we get to the, the gear, sure. Uh, how did uh, Muscadine get their name? How did they? Yeah, how did you guys come up with that? Yeah, or so they, they had the know? they had the name, um, and this is crazy too, actually, because they initially hit me up. Well, actually, the producer for the first couple songs um, hit me up to play. Uh, do you like come to like a kind of a percussiony dub track? on their first batch of songs. He's like, oh, it's for this duo called Muscadine Bloodline. I'm like, oh, like that's that's kind of a cool name. And I looked, they had, I think they had like 500 likes on Facebook. Like this is before they released any music or they were just touring, started touring. And they were like, man, we got to put out some music. So um, uh, very early, early stage. But uh, the Muscadine is, I didn't know this either, um, is a type of grape that is... Uh, I think it might just be Southern Alabama and then like Northern Florida, but like, it's pretty like it only grows in a certain region. It's like a predominantly Alabama thing. And the, so the two singers are from Mobile, Alabama, which is as far South as you can get. So that's kind of there. It's like, 
Alabama heritage, Muscadine bloodline. Like that's kind of where the name comes. That is where the name comes from. Um, And I'll say too, it's it's a lot of uh, syllables for somebody like me too. Like I grew up with like a speech impediment and doing like I had to do like speech (laughs) therapy. And I was like, man, I feel like pretty good about this. And then uh, about all that. And then it's like, oh, Muscadine bloodline. I'm like, dude, I got to learn how to say this. Like to not (laughs) trip over it. Um, And I remember distinctly too, I was like, way way back in the day but uh we didn't have a merch guy one weekend we would have like local people like sell merch and they were like hey dude we'll shoot you an extra like 50 bucks if you want to sell merch tonight i was like after we play or like you know uh before our set so and some dude asked me hey what's the name of the band and i tried to say it and i like was stuttering over it this is probably 2016 he's like can't even say the name of the band and i'm like dude like i gotta I got a stutter that's mostly mostly ironed out, but there's a couple things that set it off. And um, damn, the 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 band I play for is one of them. <laughs> so, You're like, you want to buy good. a shirt or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, hey, it's like you can just read it, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's but, um, here's a shirt. It says it, man. Yeah, that's super that, cool. That's that's where the name comes from. You get definitely get asked about that a lot because I think like. I didn't know what a muscadine was. Like, I don't, I don't know if I had ever, you know, heard of that before I moved here and kind of like a lot of stuff moving from California to the South. is like, I never heard of okra before, or, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was actually, uh, it, I, I was talking to my pops last night. He, he loves your guys' band too. So I was asking, Hey, if there's anything like you want me to ask. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he, and somehow him and I didn't even think of that. My pops thought of that. So, and I feel like I, I kind of should have known the the muscadine. My wife, she's uh, she's in the wine industry. She's been okay for years now. So like, I feel like I now that hearing you say, it, I'm like, man, I should have known what that was. But, <laughs> but I did want to ask you, so that's yeah. super cool. I don't know if they grow in California, man. Like, it's a sweet, it's a sweet wine. It's uh, super sweet. It's it's hangover material for sure. Oh. And we had somebody bring us some like muscadine moonshine years ago and, and it was like it was too too sweet to drink but i ended up like figuring out a way during like covid you know and it was just like yeah so much free time and i was like well like i got this muscadine moonshine in my fridge let me see if i can mix it with like a topo chico and i was like man it's actually not bad <laughs> dang that's actually uh, a really good idea oh no i know oh no uh-huh. It's a little tougher, but uh, don't quote me on that though. <laughs> we kind of uh, we kind of lost you there for a second. It kind of it kind of broke up. Oh, oh no! Our internet connection is unstable. I'm gonna get off your Wi-Fi. Well, I'm actually not even on your Wi-Fi. You're not. No. Oh. Oh. Um. Still recording. Yeah, but did it? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. I don't know. Connecting to audio and can't hear you yet. Connected to audio. Oh, no. Well, just it just like rebooted up too. So it's like, I hope it kept it. We get them back. Yeah. If not, we might have to do a phone call. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's back. 
<laughs> all right hey yeah, I don't know, man. sometimes that venue venue wi-fi or i don't know what's going on but uh yeah. am i my back can you guys hear me yeah yeah good dude, dude. all just, right i just i hope it i hope it kept all that audio prior they should have mm-hmm. but i mean because it was still recording as soon as it rebooted yeah. yeah it was like reporting in progress so yeah so fingers crossed i know it might be good because i think it was when uh it was probably 20 seconds after you guys uh we lost connection it said recording ended so on my end at least is what it is what it told me but um hopefully hopefully it saved it okay yeah, it, uh, it really just restarted all that's all it really did it was like oh yeah you lost contact they rebooted itself and came back and started recording so <laughs> okay well uh, <laughs> i think we were talking about the muscadines, but yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yes. I think it's just like a southern, southern Alabama thing. So, uh, as, as far as I, as far as I know, <laughs> that's super sick, though. Yeah. Okay. So now, yeah, let's let's dive into your drum history a bit. How, uh, when did you start playing drums? Started playing drums when I was, uh, I believe, eight. So in fourth grade, I started playing uh, snare drum in the school band, and. I think I got a drum set when I was 12. I think it was like kind of a slower progression. I was, I was like definitely into it. Uh, but you know, the parents were not wanting to buy a drum set, like understandably, like do all this stuff. Um, so I kind of started out playing snare drum in, in the school band. Um, and that kind of turned into, yeah, getting to go and like play the drum set that was at in the band room and they got me like a little like cheap electronic kit for Christmas one year. Uh, and then that turned into finally I was able to get like my first drum set, which we bought off uh, some local family that had had it and their kid didn't want it anymore. And they, I think my, my dad talked them down to like 200 bucks for like a uh, Ludwig accent with like hardware. So that was my first kid. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> but, that's rad. Yeah. I was about four years. Ed. Oddly enough, so I did grow up in a very like music musical household. Uh, a lot of guitars and a lot of Hungarian instruments. So that's where my my family origin is from. Um, the one thing we did not have was drums in the house, and of course, that was like the one thing that I was like, you know, we had piano, we had bass, guitar, we had electric guitar, acoustic, we had flutes and mandolin type instruments we had a, a ton of stuff but i was like i want to play drums <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, they're like they're like everything we we have all this stuff and like you said the one thing we don't have that's what you want to play yeah <laughs> um i did play like we had like a big bass drum like a i think a 30 inch by like 10 like a bit old school marching bass drum oh, okay that, so, I, that i would play with with the family but it was you know when you want to i was listening like that's when i started listening to like rancid and like bad religion and like the stuff that I learned how to play drums to. Um, so that was not cutting it, playing like a giant, like marching drum thing with, <laughs> with my parents. Yeah. Dude, you remember when uh, you and I used to like play house shows together, like in the metal bands and stuff? Dude, I I know, man. Like that's uh, what a time, especially like the, <laughs> the workshop. I feel like I think the workshop officially closed like last year, right? They lost the lease or something and or maybe two years ago and it, it is no more. Yeah, they, um, yeah. but sucks. then go. I can't even remember like what, uh, where all we were playing, but like we're they're doing the house shows. Uh, it's wild to like start from that, which like that's kind of crazy how I or kind of random how I ended up in 
Modesto in the first place because you know I'm not I'm not from there. Um, I just had some friends that were you know I'm sure all mutual friends of ours that um, I was like, well, I'm gonna go check it out. Like graduated high school and um, just wanted to play, so that seemed like the the place to go to start doing that. I don't even remember the la- that one. I remember like we were in somebody's backyard. We said Firehead played, and I forget. Yeah, who you were playing with at the time, but man, dude, I was, I was like, probably playing with um like Cameron Grabowski, and uh, we we had a band. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Dude, I'm honestly trying to remember the name, and I'm like kind of blanking. <laughs> yeah. It was such a long, <laughs> such a long time ago. But uh, but yeah, dude, we did some some basement or some backyard shows. We played at uh, God, I can't remember that girl's name, but we played like in her probably living room, I guess. But uh, yeah, dude, like the 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 scene there was fun to like just to go out and and play and play with people and meet people and hang, you know. Dude, it was a blast. Like I said, I just I I like to think back on that sometimes. Like like I said, in specific, I remember like. Talking, talking with you in somebody's backyard. We were playing, yeah, a house, a house show. Like, uh, we were both doing like blast beats and whatever, dude. I was yeah, like, yeah so so cool to like reminisce. I think about. I'm pretty sure I had that Yamaha kit back then, um, dude. I think yeah, yeah. it. I just literally can't. I can't figure out. I remember whose house that was, but uh, it was a good time. And there was a yeah. pit. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, it's. It's a totally oh, no. different, uh, totally different thing that I'm I'm doing now, um, and it's like uh, it's like always cool to go back and see how you know how it all started, and that was uh, exciting for me definitely to be out playing and hanging and meeting people and you know doing all that stuff. Yeah, dude, it's like I said, it's just it's super cool to like go back and think about. So yeah, um, so who are some of your influences growing up? Anybody who kind of drove you into playing drums, and how about nowadays? Anybody kind of getting some inspiration man back in the i wish actually um there's a lot of music i grew up on that i did not really appreciate how awesome it was and now it's stuff that i like super nerd out on like eagles like don henley is like i would say a dude now that i'm like um huge Don like Don Henley fan like what he does and like I love the Eagles um I grew up on the Eagles I did not think the Eagles were cool when I was a kid um (laughs) so like guys like when I first started out playing would have been um just might be bad I might not even be able to remember their names but I know like Rancid Bad Religion uh that was trying to think of some of the other bands um I mean honestly probably Travis Barker too because like Blink-182, and he was in that band. Uh, I think he was in that band called Transplants with, like, one of the other dudes from Rancid. So that was, like, stuff that I got into, um, but just, like, the pop-punk stuff. And then um, I think Brett Reed was the guy who played with Rancid, and I was, like, really, like, into his playing. Um, kind of progressed from that into the metal stuff, and that's when I got, you know, like, the double kick pedal and um i like, kind of pr- progressed from that to like blast beats and breakdowns and china symbols like i went from like punk rock to like death metal deathcore, whatever and definitely the dudes in, in those days um always my favorite was uh alex grind from despise icon was like that dude just like in- insane yeah insane uh but i'd say probably now it's like yeah i'm kind of now 
more uh, inspired by the stuff that I was really listening to as a kid, like uh, um, uh, and uh, Jim Keltner, anything that he does. Uh, there's some great, like a uh, guy named Jim Obon that uh, I don't think he's in Nashville anymore, but he's a great musician all around. But he, he has a record that's um, – Jim Keltner on drums and then Larry Golding on keys, who was James Taylor's keys player. That's another guy that you like. Steve Gadd is like awesome. Steve Jordan. I mean, you kind of get into that, the, the groovy kind of like those, those kinds of players are definitely more what I gravitate towards now. Um, and then Aaron Sterling is another, you know, session guy uh, plays live with, I saw him play with John Mayer, I think last year, maybe two years ago. Um, but he just plays, I mean, he plays on freaking everything in Nashville nowadays, it feels like. Um, and that dude's just like cool sounds, great feel. The parts are creative. Um, and like, uh, it's an easy answer. I feel like a lot of guys in Nashville are like obsessed with him. And like Fred Eltringham's another like great session drummer that he tours with Cheryl Crow as well. Oh, okay. um, and then for other guys in Nashville in the touring scene. I mean, there's a ton of guys that like I geek out on hard, like, you know, this Kevin Murphy with, uh, he plays with John Party now, played with Randy Hauser for a long time. His playing is awesome. Um, he's a big yeah, Randy Hauser guy. Oh yeah, dude, man, one of the best, I think it's on Kevin's YouTube. There's a video of him playing. Uh, he had a big bottom style Ludwig kit um, at the time. And they're playing like their show intro for, Randy Hauser um, and like all those dudes in that band are all great players and great guys. And that video, I was like, man, like that's freaking cool. Like it got me really stoked. I'd say too, um, getting to Nashville, I lived in LA for a couple of years as well. Uh, and it was like did Jason Aldean. So Rich Redmond and um, Chris Fryer was Zach Brown band are, are two of the guys that were in Nashville that uh, I started being like, man, like I want to, play like that sounds fun like that sounds awesome you know i definitely did not grow up listening to country music and i had more of a thought of uh you know kind of more of the old school stuff was kind of what what i always envisioned it being and then started listening to country radio um probably when i was 19 20 and i was like man this is like rock music <laughs> like this, this sounds fun to play yeah, because I grew up on country when I was younger. Okay. Like I didn't, dude. I I was a big country kid. I used to dress up the whole nine yards, dude. Oh, I like yeah. cowboy hat. Yeah, dude. Like, because my dad lives in Florida, so like he okay. was a big country guy. Uh -huh. And uh, when I uh, would visit him during the summers, I would. That's all I listened to was country. I didn't get into like rock music and heavy metal until probably when I started playing drums. Like, you know, yeah. it kind of like turned me to yeah. the dark side. I'm like, who is this music? <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's like Vader kind of thing, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, like, oh, 100%. Turned to the dark side. I'm like, yes, I will. <laughs> you yeah. know, but yeah, man, I was like, rock, or I always equated country having that rock feel to it. You know, older country, yeah. not like that real like, because there's subgenres to country as well, so yeah, it's true, it, yeah. which is weird, right? There's always a subgenre for every genre yes, of yeah. music, but like the country that I grew up on was like had that hard rock feel to it, you know? Like, yeah, you had your like your Aaron Tippins, your uh, yeah, 
your Toby Keith's, you know, like oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like I was really Brooks and Dunn, you know. Uh, oh yeah, like rocking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, those those guys really influenced me when I was younger. And then it's like, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what you mean about uh, the rock, rock yeah, bass. rock and country kind of being like, oh wow, this is different, you know. But yeah, it's, it's rock when it's not rock. Hundred percent. That was something that I I was not really like aware of until like much later in in life. I'd say I did not utilize uh, YouTube like I could have growing right. up. And now it's like, like oh, being on YouTube and like probably eighteen years old, and I was like, wait, I can look up drum videos on YouTube, and that's when I started seeing uh, like Tony Royster Jr. and oh yeah, um, so I mean crazy. all like the 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 chops gospel chops world was yeah. like something I'd never seen. I didn't know that was like physically possible for dudes to play the drums like that. And um, yeah, yeah, so many Aaron Spears, you know, rest in peace. But like yeah, that dude videos on just like blew blew my mind. I had no idea that was out there, you know. And uh, I watched I'd use YouTube to like watch skate videos and stuff. I didn't. It never occurred to me to be like, oh, I'm gonna go like watch drummers on this on this thing you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i dude i agree completely with that that's a good segue because the first time logan ever really introduced me to you without you us meeting was you did a couple of covers on youtube when you were i think in la were you still in that Ooh, yeah that's old dude, man did, that's old yeah dude, when you did the van perry cover i'm like dude that is probably the sickest one like and it's just simply like it's a simple song right but i'm just yeah. like Dude, I just love the simplicity of it. I'm like, yo, this is sick, dude. Yeah. Oh, man, I appreciate it. That's something that, like, I really fell in love with. Um, you know, I kind of post, like, I was really, really into metal for, like, several years. And that was, like, honestly what I saw, like, my career, like, life trajectory was, like, oh, I want to be, it's, like, uh, a metal drummer. I want to have the double kicks and all that. And like, I was like, man, I'd probably look cool with like neck tattoos. Like I had <laughs> its obsession with being like a metal drummer. And then um, that slowly turned into like, well, like, man, I would also love to play for like a pop or a rock or like, I kind of want to play drums, you know, it was kind of yeah. more important than like anything else um, at the time. It was like, I'd love to just play music for sure. Yeah. Um, and that's when it started to segue back to like yeah, playing much more simple. And that was honestly something I had realized too at, uh, you know, probably 18, 19 years old. It was like, okay, I can play these blast beats and all these fast fills. And like, I try to play to uh, any, any song that's like simple, you know, like a simple song. And I'm like, shit, man, it doesn't really sound that good. <laughs> yeah. You know, even just playing like, I was one of the dudes I worked at, uh, guitar center for about two years um that's right yeah. and um yeah and i feel like you came in there like somewhat frequently we we get to hang and like nerd out and talk about drums stuff um oh yeah and one of the one of the dudes there was like man just play like a simple beat because i was always in there like playing like blast beats and doing all these fills and he's like <laughs> he's like bro like you're rushing like he was like shitting on me and at the time i was like <laughs> i was like well whatever and then i was like man he's kind of he's kind of right and that you know, it wasn't like the moment, but it was uh, going to, I would go to Musicians Institute in LA. Um, and there was a big emphasis on like that, like, you know, learning to like, yeah, kind of play the song or whatever. And how like some of the most simple drums, it's like some of the hardest stuff to play, but that's what's musical and that's what pays the bills and yada, yada, yada. So 
Um, that's when I really started to put that emphasis on that. And then getting into like starting to listen to more country stuff and that Van Perry song. I was like, man, this song's got really cool drums. It's simple, but like it's got like the Tom thing in the chorus. And then it's got like a ride cymbal, like just a uh, one hit on a ride cymbal in like the perfect spot. And I was like, man, that's so cool. Um, and yeah, I start, I was like, had plans, like I was doing a bunch of drum covers and stuff and then, um, ended up moving to Nashville and, uh, I kind of did a couple while I was out there and then you start gigging and everybody's like, man, like if you're just out here playing, like that's kind of the most important thing. So, um, right. you know, I think it's not a never, I think at some point it'd be fun to like do some more like short drum covers or just do like a verse of something that I think is cool. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is crazy though. But I did, I did send that, like the Van Perry video. I sent that to people my first couple years in Nashville being like, Hey, like I'm free for this gig or whatever. Like, here's me playing, you know? So, um, right. That's sick. And I still like, I watched it, like actually it popped up somewhat recently and on like my Facebook or something. I was like, I watched it. I was like, all right, like it, it sounds pretty good. You know, I mean, considering like, I think it was like probably 10 years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude, that has to be like ten years ago because that was my the first. Has... Yeah, my my playing has definitely evolved uh, yeah. a lot since then, for sure. But still, still a very, very cool song, and like that was a that was fun to fun to do that. Yeah, and what I do, what I love about country music too is like it's all about the storytelling, right? So it's yeah, you hear some of the best songs are country songs you know and it's just yeah they're so good at telling a story and you're just when you really listen when you dissect the song from lyrical and musical you the lyrics really take a uh take you on a journey yeah right? take, you know you're yeah. taking on a journey you're just like that that song by the band Perry. i forget what song it is but you, what is that the it was a better dig too. Was was a song. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Every time I listened to that, I'm like, oh, dude, this is this really is a hit. After it's it's a good song, but when you really really listen to it, you're just like, oh, yeah. When she says the uh, tell the uh, grave digger to take two of them or make two of them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> That's super the sick. Country is super, super cool in that way. And that's definitely something like, I think it probably helps me in Nashville. It's like, I actually really enjoy country music, you know, from all, I mean, I like some of the really old, I, I started really digging in. Um, when I first moved to Nashville, played a lot of Americana stuff and I was really digging into like the outlaw country, Merle Haggard, Waylon. And like, I was like, man, this stuff's cool. Like George Jones, like stuff's awesome. Uh, and I also, you know, I like even like the pop country stuff, you know, I think maybe you can get a bad rap. I'm like, there's some of that stuff. I'm like, man, it's, it's a fun song. You know, maybe that yeah. the song's purpose is to go drink beer and have a good time. But like, you know, I've been to, I mean, shit, my wife and I went to go see, I'd say like Ken, Kenny Chesney's a dude. He's got like all the songs are anthems. It's just feel yeah. good music. It's just fun music. Um, and like, great performer great show and we just had we just had a ton of fun but like man there's a lot of guys in nashville that just don't like don't like country music don't like playing it and it's really just a paycheck and i you know i always felt fortunate in that when i moved to nashville it was like at least i like enjoy 
what I'm playing, you know, even yeah. if sometimes like playing like a ton of bar gigs back to back can get a little tiring and you're maybe you start losing interest, but at least it's like, oh, I like, I like the music, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, uh, and as drummers too, you know, we have a tendency of being, you know, when it's a simple song, you add your own flair. So if you're a technical drummer, you can technically make the song better. So it's like, with that's what I love about pop and countries. You can make those songs. If, even if you grew up a metal guy, you're like, dude, I can make this song metal. You know, add a black yeah. in there and be like, dude, it sounds way better. You know? I, I do a blast beat in our set currently. <laughs> do you? For like four bars. It's like the it's like the last, it's the last four bars of the set, but like we're hitting quarter notes or whatever. And you know, by then the last, I think the last bar, maybe two bars, I do like a do like a little blast beat and you know, I like to, I like to sneak it in there when I can. And then there's some stuff that we recorded that's like pretty pretty metal i'd say like uh i love it yeah we have a song we recorded last year called inconvenience store one of the fills like a tom like a tom flam onto the kick with like the snare on the hi-hat and the uh producer brian uh i think he might have done some like snare swell or something but like we did in the studio and it's like dude that's a metal like that is a metal drum fill and it, it just works in that song and i have to play it live every night now i get to play a big that whole song that whole song's heavy it's all quarter notes super slow like, i think 70 bpm maybe slower um <laughs> just like quarter note like it's the drums are literally could be like any like hardcore band or something but then it's like got this you know um country or sounding still pretty heavy but you know definitely a, a, it's a country song uh, and it's a story about robbing a gas station so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's is that the one you just showed me a little while or a couple weeks ago? Probably, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, there was a music. The music video was like uh -huh. with the gas station. Yeah, they were and you guys yeah. were in there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure when you dropped that song, I'm pretty sure I hit you about that feel. It's that in specific feel because I was like, dude, what are you doing here? And you're like, oh yeah, it's just like, and then just how you broke it down just now was how you explained it. It's like wow, that is super super metal based. So you can definitely tell, dude. It is, man. Uh, and that's a feel that I probably use more than I should. But like, that's like all over our records and like the live show is like it's a flam. It's a flam to kick. It's just a so three hits, super easy. You can play it at any tempo, and it's like a really like for me is like my kind of go to. I'm like, man, I could add a little, a little bit of fun, a little bit of flair, you know, um, a little sauce to it, yeah. A little, a little sauce, but yeah, it's very metal. I don't have a double kick pedal on stage, but like that's kind of yeah, when I started nice. coming up, like trying to work on fills like that was to be like, okay, what would I do if I had a double kick pedal? Well, I don't have a double kick pedal. So let me try to like figure out a way to do something similar with just the kick drum and the floor tom, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of gear then, I guess yeah. we can segue into the next question is, uh, tell us about the gear that you're that you're playing. Yeah, um, Ludwig fan. I, I love. I mean, I think all drums. Like, I mean, I love Gretsch drums. I think uh, everybody makes awesome stuff. And I had like when uh, Logan and I met, I had a, a Yamaha kit, um, which I bought. Talking about drum influences back in the metal day. Um, I think John Rice. He played for Joplin Cowboy. 
that dude was a guy that I was like, oh, he's super cool. And he played a Yamaha <laughs> kit in the natural finish. So it's crazy how like you see that and you're like, well, I'm going to get a Yamaha kit too. And great kit. I had it um, right before I moved until right before I moved to Nashville. Um, but as far as my uh, current touring gear, I have a Ludwig classic maple in heritage green, which is like the olive forest color. Um, nice. I got that kit last year. I got it with the classic hardware um, and the blue olive badge. And it's 13, 16, 18, 26. So almost like a bottom kit, except for my rack tom's a little small. Uh, and then I have for my main snare, I do go between. I have a, a six and a half chrome over brass superphonic. Uh, and then I have a six and a half acrylite reissue um that i kind of go between actually i played the acrolyte last night it was like a slightly smaller venue um than what we're playing tonight but if we're playing like a larger room that i think it's not gonna like it's a little bit a little bit louder i think um so when we're playing a room where i'm not as worried about about that um or playing outdoors it's always that chrome over brass might be like my uh desert island snare drum <laughs> but uh but the acrolyte the acrolyte's awesome i use that acrolyte a ton um on that last record we recorded as well. I use that Acrolyte on several, actually that song we were just talking about. I think that's the Acrolyte on that. Um, I have a side snare that is a 15 by five Ludwig black magic, nice. which that was a random, um, I can't remember if I got it. I saw you have the Nelson hat on. I can't remember if I got it at Nelson or if I got it at, uh, at Forks, but I walked in and they had it for like a hundred, I think a hundred bucks, 125 bucks. And I was like, dude, like I'm just going to grab it, whatever. Um, wasn't, I use it for a couple gigs kind of sat. And then when I started bringing out the side snare, I was able to get it to sit really like in a low dry spot that, uh, is awesome. Um, and I say it's a side snare, but like I use it uh, as like the main snare drum for like that specific song. Like if I'm using it for at, at all, I'm usually using it for the entire song. So like my main snare is tuned a little more high, got some crack, got some ring. My side snare is low and very dry. Um, so we have like several songs now that like that's what we kind of did on the record and that's what I want to do live. So I have my two kind of my two snare drum options um on the kit so got an spdsx that i now i just run click off of it so i run click to my in-ears and everybody else on stage um we used to run some like loops and you know never backing tracks but we had some like sounds and stuff coming off of it uh we've pretty much nixed all that stuff uh so now we just use really use it to run metronome everybody um which it works. It's easy, man. You just hit it with the drumstick. Like, it's awesome. I used to do the click mm -hmm. on, like, an iPad and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it's nice to be able to do it with the drumstick. And then for cymbals, uh, all Sabian. I got, um, starting on my left, I got 16-inch HHX groove hats, which I love. Those are my Desert Island hi-hats. I think I the only thing I played since I got them. And um, love those. Love those hi-hats. Uh, a 21 inch legacy ride, uh, HHX legacy ride that I use as a crash symbol. Okay. Um, and then my other crash is a brilliant finish 20 inch legacy ride, also crash symbol. They're very, very thin. Uh, 
So I, I got one kind of thinking I'd be a, it'd be a ride symbol. And then I was like, man, this is a great crash symbol. So been using, yeah, big, dark, big, dark symbols. Um, and then for my ride, I'm currently going between, I have a, an artisan 22 inch light ride Sabian that is super, super awesome. Great. Amazing symbol. Uh, but I'm trying to go back. I have an HHX legacy heavy ride, 22 inch that I think maybe it, it definitely cuts a little bit better for the live stuff. The last couple of years, we have a, a mic just for the ride symbol. So for the last couple of years, I've been playing this artisan ride that, um, I use pretty much on everything we record is that symbol. Um, and I've been using it live. And then this year I was like, man, like that legacy ride is really cool. And it kind of fits a little better for a live scenario for the most part. So I'm kind of trying to transition back to that. It doesn't crash as well, but it has a much more defined bell sound um, that I think would work well for our live show. So nice. that's kind of that. And then, yeah, whatever snare drum I'm not using that night sits under my floor toms like a backup, you know, luckily uh, have not had that happen on this gig <laughs> but you know occasionally like your snare wires bust or your bottom head busts or something so uh top head i've had i mean i've had it happen before um so i got like a backup snare um dw 9000 kick pedal hi-hat stand and then the rest of my stuff um i have a 9000 snare stand for my main snare and then everything else is actually gibraltar flat base uh flat base hardware which i initially got because it's just super lightweight and i could pack you know hi-hat uh i have a flat base hi-hat stand that i don't tour with now but i have it still that i used to take on the road and i could fit my hi-hat snare stand and two cymbal stands and my throne base in a little duffel bag that weighed like you could just pick it up no problem um, so it's kind of transitioned to being on the road because I really just like the way it looks now. It's definitely not like the most heavy duty stuff, but like I've never really had an issue with it. So been using that same hardware for probably since I moved to, since I moved to Nashville. So I got it in 2015 and it's been on the road and like it still holds up great. Damn. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Super freaking everyone loves the 9000s, dude. <laughs> he's not a, he's not crazy about it. I got a, I got a set too, but he, yeah, he's not he's not crazy about it. Man, the simple stands are super heavy. Uh I think they're it's like I don't know, like maybe they're a little heavier than what you would need, but like it's also going to be reliable and do, do a great job. Um but I got a 9,000 kick pedal. It's one of my last things I bought. Actually, when I worked at Guitar Center, because, you know, like the employee discount there was like really rad. Maybe maybe it is still, but I think I think it was a little bit better like 10 years ago. Um, so I got that. I found a good deal on like the 9,000 hi-hat stand when I first moved to Nashville. Um, and having that is like, it's, it's heavy, but like, man, that kick pedal feels great. That hi-hat, it's like, I've never touched it, never adjusted it never had an issue with it but you know i played i mean i had iron cobra the speed kings for a long time um i've had like the i had the pearl eliminator hi-hat stand and kick pedals like i mean all, all the stuff's great um i think from my playing style because i don't t typically play like a lot it's like you know i don't play super fast i like my gear to feel heavy like my sticks and kick pedal right. and everything i like i like a lot of weight there um and the 9000 is like I know I have a 5,000 too still, but like, I like the 5,000, but like the 9,000, just like, it just puts weight into the drum in a way that my 5,000 does not. Um, 
doesn't do and you know for touring too it's like just great to have stuff that you just like don't have to worry about yeah so are you are you an official ludwig and sabian artist or i'm not um okay so ludwig it's my second kit i've gotten from ludwig so they've been super generous to you know yeah hey man we'll 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 help you out with the kit, you know, at artist pricing. Um, oh, okay, sure. So, and that's, I've had, I have a Black Sparkle kit that I got that way in 2016. And then when I got this kit, I reached out again and they were like that. And then Sabian's kind of a similar thing, but officially I don't have any, uh, I don't have any endorsements with anybody actually, but uh, I really love the gear that I play. And, and luckily I've gotten to meet all the reps and everybody that I need to know that it's like, I had a symbol break on the road last year and they were like super like saving was awesome about helping me get like a replacement symbol at like artist pricing um which That's is awesome. hugely helpful because man i mean i need that for drum heads and drumsticks man because that stuff's getting it's so expensive <laughs> oh, right. Hell yeah well, uh, what heads and sticks do you use oh yeah i skipped over that i always forget about the, the heads and sticks oh, um, you're good, you're good. i use on my toms i use vintage Vintage Emperor Coated um, has kind of been my go-to since I moved to Nashville, honestly, or before I moved to Nashville. And I've tried out some different stuff here and there. Um, and that's always been, like, I always go back to that head. And I actually use a Coated Ambassador on the bottom as well. Um, and I tune my drums very low. Um, you see the ton of tape to, like, kind of get that thuddy sound. And then I, you know, started messing with it it's like man if i tune both heads super low i get a really nice thuddy sound still got some nice bloom to it um not a crazy amount of overtones so that's kind of been my 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 head combo for about 10 years has been the coated vintage emperor on top coated ambassador on the bottom all around um and then i use a control sound on both of my snare drums um as like i like the ambassador i like the i mean all the emperor they all feel good sound good but that's been the one that kind of tends to be my favorite and every time i i try something different i'm like man i want to control sound back on here um and then for drumsticks i do i do play vader drumsticks um okay. i was playing the stretch five a's for a long time i also picked up some power five a's recently um and they have a, a stick called the West Side that I really like as well. That's similar to like the Vic Firth Buddy Rich model, but talking about gear feeling heavy, but like it's got a really short taper on the the top. It's got a pretty big tip. And I really liked how that drumstick felt like heavy, but it's a, a little bit thicker than a 5A, um, but it felt really top heavy and felt really good to play. And uh, I kind of, I played those for probably until a couple years ago and I was just kind of, picked up a pair of those stretch five A's and I was like, man, these feel really good too. And started playing those. And um, typically I play the same drumstick, like every night, every show, I don't really change too much, but um, right. I did grab some power or five, the stretch five A's were out of stock. This this week um, or the last couple of uh -huh. weeks I've been looking for them. So I got a pair of uh, a couple of pairs of the power five A's just in case uh, just to hold me over, which feel pretty good as well. But uh, yeah, so I like the Vader drumsticks and, Remo drum heads, I'm definitely partial to for sure. Nice. Hell yeah. Do you uh, prefer uh, for your drumsticks? Do you like nylon or just wood tip? Wood tip for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I did play nylon tip 
um like when i was playing all the punk and metal it's like dude the, the nylon tip was like awesome um and then i think man it might have been honestly at mi is when they were like wood tip kind of became more the standard and uh you know the the, the tips do chip which is a little little frustrating but uh it's definitely like the feel and sound is uh yeah on the, on the wood tips yeah yeah, because I think Logan a long time ago he introduced me to the the natural feels, the Pro Marks. That's what, I usually play yeah. those. That I I'm a Pro Mark guy. I just yeah. I I I'm not the most shredded guy. I'm not even like shredded at all. But <laughs> I'm not the biggest guy either. So right, I'm like, right there with you. <laughs> yeah, you know. So like I'm not. I can't do heavy sticks. Logan's always trying to get me on uh, the heavier sticks. I'm like, dude. I, my wrist can't handle the weight, man. <laughs> you know? yeah. But I'm like, I, I do like the wood tip finish better than and, the nylons. For oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I think I lost. Oh, no, not again. No. But yeah, no, the, the, the Promark natural finish are, are awesome, dude. Um, mm -hmm. Which Vader does something similar, but they didn't do them in the sizes that, that I was, that I was, digging but um, right. that natural finish stuff is awesome i definitely did i actually yeah. played um a lot of promark stuff when i worked at guitar center i was getting uh, like the neil Peart drumstick i really really liked it um and yeah. then like the 5b natural finish or whatever was a big fan <laughs> yeah. those are sick right. yeah dude uh so can you tell us about how you landed the gig with the muscadine boys yeah for sure um so I said earlier that the their producer had hit me up uh, to go uh, like a little percussion track. I ended up being uh, Porchwing Angel, which is their by far uh, might be the biggest. I think it's the biggest song, and then that was definitely what started propelling their career and popularity. Um, and I had met Ryan actually playing like bar gigs downtown, and he plays bass, and he was you know at the time like just getting his home studio going and starting to like produce you know i did like a demo session for him i think at that point i'd done like maybe one session for him doing like a demo thing um and so that's how i met ryan and then ryan brought me in that's how i met gary and charlie and did that and it was a pretty simple i mean um that song is literally it's a kick drum and a brush on a snare drum and then a splash cymbal taped to that snare drum it's just like a pretty simple groove that they ended up i think they just took like a bar of it and looped it um and that's how i met gary and charlie um who are the the two singers um and then they started bringing a guy on the road they had some opening opening slots that they were uh promoter wanted them to be full band and they were like well can we bring out you know those opening slots they don't pay i mean they're maybe making 250 if oh, even okay. so you think about two dudes they want a full band i mean definitely like if you're on the opening slot of like those scale of country shows like a lot of those people are losing money or breaking even for sure um so they kind of met in the middle of like hey we'll bring a percussionist so we can do like this kind of power acoustic thing um so they hit me up for that and um uh, I'd say that first run was actually like pretty gnarly travel. We left Nashville, I think at like 5 a.m., played in Myrtle Beach, uh, drove overnight from Myrtle Beach to Orlando, played again, opening for a uh, guy, Corey Smith. Um, 
and in a pickup truck and then drove back to Nashville and damn, you know, it was like, gnar- it was gnarly touring, but the hang was good. And like, I re- really enjoyed the guys. And like at that time, I want to say we were playing maybe three original songs. And then it was like, it was like a 30 minute set playing a ton of covers. Um, but it was just a good hang, you know? And I was like, man, like, and I had been already been touring quite a bit at that point, living in Nashville, and I had learned pretty quickly that it's like, dude, the hang, the hang is important. And then, honestly, too, just touring with guys that were my own age, because a lot of the touring I had done, I was like the young compared to the band and everybody else in the band. I was like considerably younger than ever. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't uh having a good time you know right yeah are you there we're kind of we're kind of yeah it's starting to cut up a little bit the internet's not liking us i hope (laughs) dude technology and i'm like there it goes all right now we're back all right sorry now we're back (laughs) hey we took a quick intermission now we're back with part two yeah luckily it it seems like it saved all the audio prior so yeah we're okay so it worked out we did just have a couple more questions that we wanted to ask you yeah uh, let you go yeah to close out but uh so i guess we'll just jump back in it uh tell us about the data member cover you guys did um you know we're absolutely loving it so yeah um so we did a whole uh, like EP. I want to say last summer, or maybe we recorded it in the fall of uh, covering. We did uh, like Jamie all over. Um, we did Adam song. Uh, we did only one, and we did shit, man. There's one more in there. Um, I'm blanking on, but anyway, basically the idea was to go and like do these songs that were like emo or pop pop punk whatever um that era of like warp tour which like the guys i play with they grew up listening to like all the same stuff we did you know now we're all playing country but like we still like would jam this stuff in the van too and like we listened to like some pretty like heavy stuff like back when the van especially we'd listen to some like metal on like long drives so the idea was to go and cover these songs but not like play them you know kind of like there's like the pop goes punk thing was like you play the song as it was recorded, you know, um, that kind of cover. And this was more to try to reimagine it and do it as it was, if it was actually a country song. Um, so that was kind of thing, uh, be like, I'm going to like play this drum part. We're going to play these hits and play these parts. Like, just like, Hey, here's the song. And then let's make it a country song as we would up in the studio. Um, so we did that, uh, Maybe a couple months ago, we did it pretty recently, but same. I was very familiar with the song, and um, man, pretty much like that, we kind of go down like a country singer songwriter thing instead of trying to like make it into like us playing. You know, funny enough, actually, at Soundcheck, we have played like Jamie all over when we did that like country cover of it. We actually in Soundcheck, we play it like the record also, like at Soundcheck oh, just for fun, and good. like do like do, do, like the big drum parts right. and big drum fills and stuff stuff that's like not at all what we recorded um so it's it's fun man and people like really dig it especially like last night was our first time playing that song live you know it just came out and um drayton farley was playing that same festival the day before and then he was with us tonight so they just hung out i think they had the day off there in raleigh 
So he came up and sang and like people were, people were digging it. So I'm excited to see how it turns out tonight as well, you know, playing um, our actual like headline show, you know, should be, should right. be awesome. Yeah. It was, it was kind of funny because Logan had sent me the post on uh, Instagram. He's like, dude, read the last slide. You're going to be so soaked. And I finally had a, a chance and I was reading it. I was like, Oh dude, they're, they're doing a cover of it. That's sick. Yeah. And, I was like, and then he sent it to me. Cause I was like, I hadn't gotten a chance to hear it when since it's been released. And then he finally sent it to me. He's like, dude, check it out. It's so good. And then, uh, I finally listened to it and I was like, Oh, this is like a, it's almost like a stripped down version, right? Because I was thinking, yeah, 100%. When you hear, yeah, like when you hear a cover, like my mind automatically thinks of like drum covers or guitar covers. So I was like, oh, they're going to go full bore, like have that same, that yeah. same vibe. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, wow, this is like a real, again, like stripped down version where you're like, oh, okay, yeah. get out of your own way thinking of, Oh, it's gonna be a cover when it was it. It's not really a cover. It's just kind of like a, you know, your own version, right? It's, it's like reimagining the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was sure. like, oh, this is this is a different take. It was, you know, yeah. It, it, it has to grow on me for sure because I'm like, when you when you listen to the original and you're like, oh, you know, and like any other cover when someone does a different yeah. take and you go, oh, it's you know. Like with any music band, it takes a, a minute to be like, oh, for oh, sure. This is what they're doing with like, this. So it's like if, if somebody was like, Oh man, it's my favorite day to remember song, and like I'm expect they're expecting like the the drum beat in the beginning and all that stuff, right. yeah. would be like very disappointed, you know. Yeah. I did actually I did try to sneak that part in, like when the drums come in, it's just a pretty simple like Baka boom kind of fill, but um, yeah, the first couple of takes I was playing like doing the snare roll into the drum fill with like the boom boom on the double kick, um, right? And it, it didn't end up making the final recording, but I was like, I'm gonna try to like pay homage to like the drum beat with this drum fill, and uh, uh, yeah, we we ended up stripping it back a little bit, but yeah, it's very much like a stripped down version, and um, just kind of cool to something that I didn't like really realize until I got older was like, man, a lot of that music, you know, um, there really are like great songs. It's just like, maybe like yeah. you grow out of like your taste grows out of like the style, you know, I'd yeah. say like definitely like my musical taste. Um, nostalgia music, but like yeah. generally speaking, my music tastes have changed quite a bit since high school, but going back to some of that stuff and being like, man, this is like, killer song like jamie yeah. all over you're like man this is an amazing song like just not you know you like it in high school you change your music tastes change and then uh kind of forget about that you know but yeah. uh, i think that's another like cool like testimony to like country music you know um getting the what we're doing you know trying to reimagine the songs in that way is like man if you didn't know like our guitar player he's I think 25 now, 24. He's been touring with us since he was 18. So like quite a bit of an age, like a little bit of an age gap there to where yeah. like all those songs we recorded. He's like, dude, I've never heard this song in my life before. Cause he was yeah. probably in elementary school when this, when this stuff was really popular, um, which <laughs> yeah. makes me feel super old. Um, maybe, maybe middle <laughs> school, but, um, but uh, 
uh, it's just totally, you know, totally wild to like see that, that difference for sure. Right. Yeah. Cause we're probably all relatively the same age, you know, I'm just a yeah. little bit younger than Logan. I'm a year younger than Logan. I just hit 30 okay. last year. Yeah. I'll be I'm 30, 31 yeah. in May. So, I'm 31 in March. So, <laughs> oh, there, there you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I know you had mentioned that uh, you guys are got a record coming later this year, correct? I think uh, that was in the Instagram post. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's like your guys' new material that's coming out. Is is there like a yeah like a any sort of ballpark idea? Maybe end of the year. I think you said. Man, I don't. I want to say it'll probably be like late summer. Um, I don't okay. even know. Um, exactly when that would be it's like pretty insane the process of that like i know talking to um our producer ryan and he does the mixing and mastering as well and he's like man they want it done by march and that still puts you like probably six months out or you know maybe less than that but like it's quite a process to like get everything ready for an album to come out it's like usually i mean we record some stuff sometimes it's like a year before it it comes out for like this level of release and i'd say too like it was very unusual for for us that like this thing we did with drayton we recorded it uh we might have recorded it in november actually now that i'm, I'm talking about it but like somewhat recently and it, i turned out turned around very quickly because a lot of stuff um that just came out you know or came out in january or december maybe uh we, we recorded probably you know five months prior or something like that, you know, at the minimum. And then sometime I think the, the last record we released was like almost a whole year from when we recorded it to when it came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, on this tour, are you guys implementing any new songs or anything? You know, what can the fans kind of ex expect to see on this tour? Yeah. So we are playing, uh, so where it gets tough to start cutting out stuff that maybe are even like fan favorites. I know you commented on my video of like, can't tell, you no. Know, Oh yeah, and like I think that that one might be getting the axe pretty soon. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, no. I know it's a like great song, but uh, I think that's like the only song kind of from that era. You know, like that's not me playing drums on the record. That's a session drummer, Evan Hutchings, who is a. Uh, I mean, he plays on a ton of stuff, and like great, great drummer. Like the whole band on that were all like a list session dudes, um, and they they did a great job but that's kind of the only from those two eps that they did with session musicians um of that caliber um that's the only song that we still play off it and it's definitely a fan favorite but i think there's kind of been talks that like we have a couple other songs that kind of fit a similar uh check a similar box in the set that might be replacing that when when they come out um so I don't know when, I mean, maybe we'll play it in, in California. I don't know how long our set will be, but, um, but yeah, so like the new stuff, uh, like half faith in me, we're playing, um, warehouser land and low hanging fruit are the other last two singles that came out maybe a couple months ago. Um, so we're playing both of those and then we are playing a song that I, it's going to be a single. I have no idea when it comes out, honestly, but we're playing it tonight. It's called Earl, Earl bird from Mexia like Mexia, Alabama, I believe. Um, okay. it's, a, it's a story song about old, you know, um, Vietnam vet that, you know, makes moonshine. Uh, and it's it's fun. It's a fun song. Super fun. Um, and I didn't think we were going to start playing it, but 
you know, the guys in rehearsal were like, man, let's, let's put that in the set. So I think it comes out probably in the next couple months, but I actually have no idea. Um, right. So we're doing that. Uh, and then we, man, we play heavy originals, man. We, we had a medley uh, of like nineties country covers that we were playing that, you know, just, we got a 90 minute set is our, uh, our typical, you know, at max we're playing 90 minutes and like, it's not, it's not a lot of songs when you got a, a catalog of, you know, six years to, to pull from. Um, so it's a good mix, but I'd say definitely it's heavier on like, like the teenage Dixie stuff, um, that came out last year. And then play pretty much everything that we can play off this new record that hasn't come out yet, but we're going to start playing all that stuff, um, as it's released, which I think, I don't know how many singles will come out from that record in the next few months, but I think there, there should be, um, quite a few new songs coming out, um, in, in between the, album being officially released that we'll be putting in the set okay so you you touched on it a little bit um with the records that how many records have you recorded with with the guys because you were talking about session session drummers but uh how many Mm -hmm. have you done with them yeah so i did um so i played on porch wing angel was like the first time i met met the guys that was the first thing I, i played on uh, and then did a handful of singles after that. Uh, that's where that time like it's a little uh, uh, wishy-washy for me. But uh, I'd say like the Dispatch record I played on. So Dispatch, Teenage Chicks, and the one coming out. So once this record comes out, that'll be like three records. Oh, okay. uh, we also had some singles and stuff come out as well. Um, that I mean, yeah, at this point now it's all the band, like the live band comes in and, and plays on everything. And, uh, our recording process is super fun. Uh, I really enjoy it. Like I've done my fair share of like session stuff in Nashville where like you show up, you hear the song, make a chart, you play it two or three times. And like, that's, that's pretty much it. And that's how a lot of stuff's recorded in Nashville, which I think is cool. And the guys that are really good at it is like, man, that is a, it's a talent for sure. Um, and they've done sessions like that as well. Like they did those EPs. I think they were cutting, you know, five songs in two days or something like that, or five songs oh, no. in a day and a half. Yeah. Which like dude, you had never heard the songs and I've done, I've done that stuff too. And it's, it's fun, different challenge. Yeah. Um, but how we record now is we just do like this one song a day. So we have some songs that we go in and like, we work really work it out and we just play it. And like, it's, very cool to see how the song will evolve from like you know hearing it sometimes hearing it for the first time sometimes we'll get like a iphone recording of it on like acoustic you know the the week before or something but um man a lot of times lately now it's been hearing the song for the first time in the studio and then we just go and we start playing it learning it i still make a chart just to have that reference but uh and we, we cap it at one song a day and we've had days where we're, you know, we're in the studio till five or 6 PM. And, but usually we're, we're done early. We had one day we were, we did like two or three takes and we were like, man, the song's done. I'm like, I'll put some tamarine shaker on it. Um, and then go home at noon, you know? Um, and that's a really nice workflow. You don't get like burned out recording and playing and, you know, playing the same stuff over and over again. It can definitely get a little, uh, a little mentally exhausting but um that's kind of been our recording process for this last record and it's been like 
really fun. That's sick. Right on, man. All right, man. So uh, before we let you go, we have to know about your food Instagram. What's the the handle so people can check it out and follow? And yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, the handle is probably food picks. Um, Also going to shout out my wife's dog page. Our our dog Instagram uh, is probably with dogs. Um, And the, the probably food picks kind of started as like man i've i mean i don't know i just enjoy going out to eat and trying new food and trying different stuff and i also just like for whatever reason i've always liked taking pictures of food and i know that's like can be taboo in some in some places and I'm like, oh, just, like, just, why are you taking a picture of your food and like but I, I just owned it i was like dude i just love i don't know man i think this i think this soup looks awesome so i'm gonna take a picture of it and um <laughs> So I made that Instagram mainly because I was like on my personal page. I was like, I felt like, okay, I feel a little like maybe a little annoying, like posting like breakfast, lunch, and dinner food pictures. And I was like, it's a little too much. I was like, just on my story. Uh, I used to post occasionally do a post um, on my, on my actual page. But man, I think I started, I made that Instagram really just for me to like unashamedly like dump food pictures um onto my onto another instagram and um i mean you know a lot of of friends and like the band and people follow it but um it's kind of more i'm kind of trying to make it more like a home cooking blog for the most part and then i also uh post story pictures of like when i'm eating on the road like today i had a sandwich from a spot you know down the street and had it to go i was like i'll just like take a picture on my snare drum but like I'll, i'll definitely post like stuff I'm out eating on the road as well my story and then at home it's like just I really enjoy cooking and uh, I enjoy like posting pictures of stuff that I cook <laughs> dude I love it that's so sick <laughs> um, yeah so is there anything you know you want to plug to people and tell them about or, or anything like that I think we pretty much covered the bases but I don't know if there's anything man we, we covered a lot of we covered a lot of stuff I mean Man, I don't know. It's just, I mean, the music, the music industry is like, can be brutal. And it's definitely, there's been, there's highs and lows, but I mean, I like, I haven't, besides working for Amazon during COVID, like I haven't worked like a real, I haven't worked a real job in almost 10 years, which I'm like, I'm grateful to say that, you know, I get to play drums and I think like, for anybody that like wants to do that is like it can be fucking hard but like it's also very rewarding and it's very fun and like it's just patience it's patience yeah. and running your own race you know so i know guys that like move to nashville and immediately are like on big tours and doing all this stuff and i'm like man i feel like i'm like left in the dust but you know i look back over you know my last uh, almost 10 years in nashville and i'm i'm pretty like content with what i've done and what i'm doing and where I'm at and just trying not to compare myself to what other people are, are doing and always trying right. to be better, but also trying to be content with where I am. So if anybody's like wanting to go and really do that, be a musician, like side guy, especially it's like, man, it's just patience and, you know, kind of run your own race, you know? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Try to do things intentionally, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> patience is a virtue they say, you know? So it's, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure sometimes I feel like maybe I'm too patient, like maybe too, <laughs> but for <laughs> yeah. the most part, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, dude, 
I don't know. I, I really have no complaints. It's like I'm I'm stoked. Like I I love playing drums and I love touring and getting to play on records. And I've been really fortunate to to find a spot in a band that like lets me get to like do me too. It's like I mean, we talked about that day to remember Phil like did not make the final record, but for the most part, it's like, man, just go do your thing. And that's kind of evident on all of our recordings. Like our uh, guitar player, Weston is like a child prod. I mean, he's, he's our age now, but child prodigy guitar player, super freaky good. And our bass player, Justin, super good, super talented dudes. And like, it's awesome that we get to play on the records now. And like, I listen to like the rough mixes for the stuff we just recorded too. And I'm like, man, like, some talented cats that like you wouldn't hear on a record because you know, most of the stuff in Nashville, it's starting to change. People are starting to use their bands on records more. Um, and Which the Nashville rad. scene, it's awesome. Yeah. It's like the obsession dudes, like they're always going to have jobs and like they do great, but like, it makes me stoked. Like my buddy, uh, Tucker Wilson plays for Justin Moore and he just used his band on, on a song and like, it sounds awesome, dude. I'm like, they they sound great and then that's um, so sick stuff coming out i used uh tucker loaned me a um ludwig i think dance hall drum or dance snare drum like old 1920s ludwig drum that i used on like the majority of that last record it it's such a cool drum um so i was i was happy to to get to use that and then you know happy for yeah dudes like tucker and um some other guys in town that typically use session guys that are now using their bands and excited that those guys are getting to be a part of that. Cause it's, it's super fun, super awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on, man. So what's the best way people can keep up with you? Uh, Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Uh, that's definitely where I post most frequently. So it's Z Tobak, Z T O B A K. Uh, that is my main Instagram. And then yeah, probably food picks is my food Instagram. If people want to see what I'm, what I'm eating or what I'm cooking. Uh, yeah, yeah. that's kind of it. I might start doing videos, man. I think that might be the next thing is like my wife. She's like, you got to do some cooking videos. And I'm like, man, I think, I think I should do it. So there's a niche for that, that, dude. Yeah. There's a there is, for that stuff, man. There's guys that I love, like, I don't even care what it was, you know, I used to sit in my bunk till like I'm falling asleep on TikTok and I like watching dudes that just like, I love their cooking videos. I love watching it. And I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, that might be fun to like make a video like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. All right, man. Well, hey, seriously, thank yeah. you so much for taking the time today, man. We truly thank you guys for, you. thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah. Bummer about all the technical, technical issues, but hopefully we can do like a, a part two or part two in person and in, in California yeah, this summer sure. would be rad. I hope that we play like I've uh, I've told the guys, man, we gotta play the boardwalk in Sacramento, man. I saw um I saw some metal shows there back in the day and I'm like that'd be a super awesome spot to I think that'd be the perfect size venue for us to go play. And I think that'd be yeah. awesome. Dude, quick uh so before we let you go, uh there's a bunch of spots in SAC now that do a bunch of shows like this there's a place that we go to. It's called uh, Goldfield. There's one downtown mm -hmm. SAC and there's one in Roseville. Dude, they're always doing predominantly a lot of country shows in there, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I probably should. Yeah, let your booking agent know, like, hey, dude, like, there's a there's a niche yeah. up there, you know? Yeah, I think Roseville, too. I see a lot of buddies, like, go and tour through 
Roseville. Um, yeah. And I remember like driving out to like Oakdale back in the day. I mean, like Oakdale was like, <laughs> yeah. the, like the redneck of like the Central Valley. Still um, is, man. Yeah, I can imagine. But I mean, I was even talking with our guitar player earlier. I mean, I'd love to go if we played the uh the gallo center like they get they get nashville acts i'm like man just walk down to taco truck row from there you know do yeah. some do some good eating but uh um, yeah. but yeah so hopefully we we have some other northern california stuff come through but uh yeah there's a yeah, there's a giant be out there yeah there's a giant festival now in sac it's uh the weekend after uh aftershock which is you know the giant metal festival yeah. that we have out here it's called uh golden sky uh, oh, cool. I think last year was their second year. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the year before him and I went uh, for one day, but uh, next year, or it's yeah, it's the weekend after aftershock. So it's like yeah. dude, another big gigantic festival. You guys could probably get you know try to book on because you know it's they didn't realize it's the same promoter that does aftershock, which is sick. So you know now they're in the country market, which is really rad for them it's danny you know dwp so you know they got a bunch of festivals they got the welcome to rockville which is out by you guys which is in florida but you know they got all these other gigantic festivals so it's it's cool to see that you know there's a potential for you guys to be out on our our end of the coast you know yeah <laughs> oh no not again Uh, yeah, right. Come back. Something. Come back. <laughs> Titanic. Oh. I don't think this one's coming back. Oh, oh, oh no, my it's, back. it's continued. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Let's go. Admit. All right. Where is he? Where is he? Isn't as bad as we thought. Can I get the audio? Um, hey, all right, hey, I don't know why, man. It, just, it said it's like I got Scott to get one more, <laughs> yeah, we'll interruption you, in. yeah, we'll let you go before it gets crazy, man. Uh, yeah, like I said, dude, uh, same people that do those gigantic festivals, all the you know, the ones here in the U.S., you know, Danny, uh, Danny Wimmer presents the DWP family, they do uh, Golden Sky, so it's the weekend after Aftershock. Um, they, yeah, they do. It's a big, I think Keith Urban is headlining this year. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's hell like, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a big, I think last, what the time we went, we saw, uh, Ernest. Yep. Oh, know, oh which yeah, was man. Cool. cool. Yeah. Well, close. Like we were right at the, but yeah, man, dude, it, it's, it's a fun time. So hopefully you guys get booked on some of these big country festivals that are out on this, you know, this way because it'd be yeah. rad to get with you on those you know yeah yeah i'm sure i mean um i think just the more we keep doing it the more it's going to be like hitting all of the markets every year like in fact yeah. we're going back to west coast this year like we had a good time on the west coast last year all the shows were good and every everything was great so i think we're probably going to keep coming back out so i'm sure it's like Man, I'm hoping that next year I think we'll be doing some really cool. I mean, this year we're doing some amazing festival stuff. This year, so right, you know, right. um, excited to see it keep keep expanding and growing. But definitely that uh, Golden Sky sounds I've seen. I mean, I definitely have somebody who who play that. So it's 
looks like a good time, man. Those big country festivals are just like a totally different, totally different energy, man. It's, it's super fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they're just, it's just like aftershock. They say it's a different genre, but I, I've gone to aftershock twice now with it, you know, consecutively. And it's like the same energy. So it's like, you yeah. know, they, they bring it. So, you know, it's just a fun time. So the yeah, metal man. to country, like shift or like, in the, are in the metal that like are into country now is like that's a huge you know such a huge thing you know yeah. um like there's dudes in in nashville who are like artists and like producers songwriter drummers that were like in metal bands like back in the day or now are like you know and, yeah, in the country dude, world <laughs> dude you'll have to let us know if you run into my my boy jay weinberg dude he lives out there so dude like, i met him no way. Like two weeks ago. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, um, I was at a I was at a, a a Predators game with my wife. Like we got some like last minute tickets, like, and they were like decent too. Actually, we usually get like the cheap seats, but they were like uh, it was them versus the Chicago Blackhawks, and she's from yeah. Chicago area. Um, and she's like, let's just get the good seats, and they weren't they weren't that bad, and um. I'm going after like halftime or whatever, um, or in between periods. Um, I see a friggin' Weinberg jersey walking in front of me, and I was like, "That's fuck Jay Weinberg, dude!" dude. So, yeah, super nice, super super nice guy. Um, yeah, man. And we chatted for like maybe probably thirty seconds. I was like, "I don't want to." Yeah, I wasn't gonna be like, "Hey, man, like, what's what? What's your what's going on now?" You know, it's like yeah. kind of right after right after like the slipknot stuff happened so I yeah wasn't, you know, but i was like hey man like i dig your playing like and i do i'll go in my bunk like after a show and watch like some like live slipknot videos with him playing like that um um dave wasano or whatever that, that album's got live records called um i might i might be butchering that but uh dude it's like awesome yeah. <laughs> super fun dude, super fun to watch I... him play and, and super awesome playing yeah, that was one of the questions was like, have you ran into any big wigs? And I was like, dude, if he run, if he says he played or <laughs> he's even just met Jay, like, dude, because I'm a big Slipknot fan. Like, I'm, yeah, Jay, I firmly believe Jay saved the band after the stuff with Joe. So it was like, yeah, you know, he, he really did bring life into a band that not necessarily was going to die, but it just they didn't know where they were personally. And they brought in Jay. And it just, yeah, he really did save that band. So it's like the news, when news broke out, I was really bummed out. But I was like, when Logan said that we got the episode with you, I was like, yo, he, if he met Jay, dude, that's so sick. So I'm hoping to see him in LA at the end of March because he's playing with uh, something groups. He's, he's playing with some new people. So I'm hoping to get down there early okay. enough to maybe maybe meet him i don't know i don't know how it's working out that's just like my own mental yeah dude he, he was super 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 nice like i actually was like hey man it was nice meeting you bye he's like oh, okay i was like i was like man i probably could have kept chatting with him for another couple minutes but like you know i didn't want to <laughs> yeah know? right so yeah was, like, super 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 nice guy from like my short interaction with him um yeah, so i'm sure awesome. yeah if you go and that'd be killer to go see him play for sure I don't, i've never seen him play in person so uh, yeah, I've seen him actually all all the times I've seen Slipknot. I've seen him. I didn't 
I didn't even get to see Joe play with Slipknot. I saw him play with Rob Zombie. And Joe's the one who brought oh, no me way. in the drums. Yeah, so you know, oh, wow. the irony is I would get to see Jay play with Slipknot before I got to see Joe play. But, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, dude, he kills it live. He's insane, dude, insane. So I'm, I'm just stoked oh, now that God. I get to hear you say, oh, yeah, I met him. <laughs> so sick. Yeah, dude. I mean, have nothing else. Go to like a Nashville, let's go to a Nashville Preds game and keep an eye out for the, the Weinberg jersey. <laughs> yeah, right? Looks like I know where – I'm so hell-bent on going to my dad's in Florida on a vacation. I might as well just go out to Nashville. Might have more of a oh, chance yeah. of meeting my drum heroes, you know? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, man. All right. Well, yeah, dude, absolutely. Thank you again yes. for your time, and I'll text Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, we'll yeah. try to set up a part two in person. So Yeah. Dude, sounds, sounds good, guys. I enjoyed it. Awesome, man. Thank, Thank you, you man. So much. All right. All right, man. Have a good rest All of the right. tour. We'll see you soon. Man, I right, appreciate it. Y'all have no a good problem, one. Man. All right, you too. See ya. Yeah.